This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. After weather which could easily be described as four seasons in one day... We're here to discuss the crowded house at the top of League One. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Good evening. Hello. Welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing all things Ipswich Town since 2015. My name is Craig Fimbo. And this is the live Q&A, where you guys steer the show and where we end up, we end up. We don't care, really. We've, they've left the kids in charge again. Um, the boys are in charge of the sweet shop and joining me this evening with his fingers in the cookie jar, it's Joe Fares. How are you going, Joe? Yeah, good. Yeah, had a sort of week and a half away. Now sort of back, first day back at work today, Ooh. first day back on the podcast. Every, everything is coming at once. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. I think both you and I, we haven't been a while. I think we're in like, um, this is like the equivalent of a, a behind closed doors friendly, isn't it? They, they've arranged it for us just so we can sort of get some some help. minutes in our legs. Because I have to admit, even now, I missed the game on Saturday because I've got a wedding in London on Saturday. So I missed the Charlton game. So I'm already devastated by that. And I'll be making sure I've got a signal to see me through the 3 till 5 p.m. period. That is very bad planning on someone's behalf, isn't it? Yeah, especially as an Ipswich fan, the groom. So. Oh, my goodness, really? Yes, yes. So I will be having – I have had words already, but I'll be making sure I have further words on Saturday. Sto- stories of people surreptitiously watching and following matches at weddings is always a good one. I, One of my friends got married in um, Slovenia, Ljubljana, um, Lake Bled. We were on a, an island in Lake Bled, and it was the England-Sweden World Cup – quarter finals would it have been um how many years ago that was yeah and so we, we were sort of trying to follow it follow it on our phones at the time yeah that was a decent one right say say some hellos hello good evening to you charlie yeah we're all good thank you matt's here good evening to you matt nick good evening to you nick phil neil we've got some uh the telegram mob are here fpl's here nige is here some non-telegraph uh, riffraff have turned up. Mullet's, Mullet's here. Good evening to you, Mullet. Hello, James. Hello, Kirk. Hiya, Skip. Hello, Flim Flam. 
Yeah, well, as it says, as Mallet says here, it's bare bones. Well, uh, you know, we are we're getting back up to speed, Mallet. You know, we're um, we're the Panucci, Kamara, and um, Dominic Ball of the uh, podcast group. So, um, yeah, as Joe said, getting some some minutes into our legs at the moment. Um, so yeah, so as I say, you know, we, we've got no agenda here. Um, you know, the, it, it was, things were discussed in the uh, post Cheltenham pod um by the guys and also um rich and seb will be obviously discussing uh pre-match charlton uh nearer the weekend um but before we start off actually i've got a little quiz for everyone i went to uh new york at the weekend last weekend landed on monday and coming back i was standing at jfk security in my socks waiting for my um, tray to appear with the phone and all the bits and pieces, my belt. So I was holding up my trousers and not showing the holes in my socks. And standing next to me was a Hollywood, I'm going to say A-lister, certainly used to be an A-lister. Now he might be more of a B-lister. Anyway, he was standing next to me and I looked across and I looked at him. I looked up at him and I'm six foot three and three quarters, as Adrian Mole may say. And he's taller than me, he towered over me, and uh, he didn't have to take his his shoes his uh, shoes off. So he went whisking off into the uh, whatever lounge it was. Transpires he was on the same plane as me. Not He didn't turn right when he got on the plane. He must have turned left. Um, so, yeah, there's a little quiz for everyone. You've got to tell me who was this Hollywood star that was on my plane to Heathrow on Monday. Can I have a guess? You may have a guess. Well, because just thinking pure height. Don't, get it, don't get it right, though. Vince Vaughan with the height. It was not Vince Vaughan. There you go. Joe's had his one chance. I'll and I had an ITFC link with Tony Vaughan in there as well. If people, yeah, he wasn't sold to uh, Manchester City. No, this, I'm trying to think if there's a link to, if you're down, there's a link. To, well, no, I can't give that. that. That'd be a clue too far if I give that, that clue. So, yes, yeah, so if people want to have a, have, a, have a go and try and guess who it was, I'll drop some clues in during the course of the, uh, the after the evening, as it were. Um, yeah, so what we talk about Kamara, we spoke of it, didn't we? So there was an under twenty-one game, wasn't there? Uh, yesterday, four-one they lost, didn't they? Bristol City, um, but Kamara's edging his way back, Joe, which can only be good for the for the next few games for the running. Yeah, um, both Kamara and Humphreys were the first teams involved in in that game. So yeah, just good to get minutes in his legs. It, it doesn't feel like we'll see much of Kamara this season, does it? For the last six games. I'd imagine this is just get minutes into his legs for to come back in pre-season next year. But barring a sort of injury crisis in the middle, I'd imagine it, the pecking order is going to be Morsi and Luongo. Seems like Dominic Ball is next. Lee Evans. I'd imagine even be Cam Humphreys before we see Kamara. So something's gone to have gone badly wrong, unless things go incredibly right and we're able. <laughs> Give him a game at Fleetwood on the last day of the season while we're just working out the procession to get to walk along Blackpool Beach with the trophy come sort of Sunday afternoon. Is is Lee Evans further further down the road to recovery? Is he? I, I can't say I've seen I think um, much about it being away from back him. on the grass, so to speak, or or about we've gone from back in the grass to ready to join the main group. I think that that is the now new lingo for fitness now, and I think he is ready to join the main group. Oh really? Oh, I didn't know that. But it's, it's quite interesting, actually. Is he is he a a bench option though? That's the thing, I suppose, because yeah, he can only replay in one singular position, can't he? 
Yeah, it, it does seem that McKenna likes to have his forward players on the bench, the four forward players, so we can change all of those, which means you put Janoi Danashian on the bench because he can cover right back, centre back and left back, or mainly right back and left back. And then you have Don Ball as well because he can cover probably right-sided centre back, centre back and central midfield. So those two players cover the whole of the, of the back six or, or back seven, including the keeper. And then yeah. we have the front four to replace the front four. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, right, just a few more hellos. Hello, Michael. Hello from Brisbane, um, which has reminded me my friend Tim is coming over from Australia. He'll be landing any time now, so he's going to be at the last few games. So hi to Michael. Um, good evening to you, James, and to Chris and to Mark. Um, here we go. Here's the first one. When Michael's sister got married, all the men were in the car park listening to Ipswich versus Man U on the car. What year are we talking about there then, Michael? Go on, give us a... Give us a clue. But was it Fabian Wilness Manu or was it George George Burley Manu? Uh, yeah, Charlie, nice. And David, good evening to you, David. Thank you very much for that. Thank you for your as ever uh, for your super chat. See you in the Greyhound for the Exeter game. Oh, David's coming back over. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, so you're back over for the the promotion um, party at Exeter and guaranteed. Um, uh, championship trophy presentation, really. I suppose it is. Um, right, some some goal, some guesses coming in in regards to who I saw. It was not Dolph Lundgren, although he is very large. James, there's no need for that. I said I'm six foot three and three quarters, um, not four foot two and three quarters. Stephen Merchant fillers coming with no. He was he's an American. I'll, I'll give you that one. Um, uh, and Gary's asking about if he's Hollywood's LA or Hollywood's in Ipswich. No, it, it wasn't any of the early two thousand, late nineties, early two thousands Ipswich squad. It was a bona fide Hollywood star. He's probably got he's probably got his star somewhere actually, as it goes. Um, so what else have we had nominations? Haven't we? We had the League One nominations. Joe, we had um, Kieran McKenna. Obviously, has been nominated for. Uh, manager along with Schumacher and more. Um, I suppose that will. Like, do they? Do they? Um, I think they do it before the end of the it. season, which is a bit yeah. of a mockery, really, because I think if you look at those three for the season they've had up to this point so far, I think Stephen Schumacher is probably the one that gets the nod because he's obviously working with a smaller budget than the other two, and Plymouth are currently second, are they at the moment? <laughs> I think, but um, if Plymouth subsequently come third, I don't think he should win. I, I think one of the no. top two wins it and. The players of the season, look at that. Barry Bannon, Johnson, Clark Harris and Aaron Collins. Well, yeah, Clark Harris has scored a few goals in a, I imagine it's a pretty disappointing season for Peterborough so far. They seem to have salvaged it recently. Aaron Collins has done well, but it, what's he done? Dragged Bristol Rovers from 17th to 12th. I think it, you could... it does seem strange that in a, in a season which potentially is going to have three teams getting mid-90 points, that only one of those teams' players is included in the, the top three players of the season. But yeah, I, suppose... I think um, Michael Cooper poss possibly would have been had he not been injured for the second half of the season. And obviously you've got the likes of Morgan Whitaker, who was a, probably one for somebody who looks at the stats, what, 11 goals in the first half of the season had he stayed there and got 20 and Plymouth been in that sort of top two still. Maybe he was one that would have been nominated. But yeah, it just seems a bit bit of a folly really when you see the sort of season that Sam Morsey's had that Leif Davis has had even Connor Chaplin, Chaplin. yeah the, these players are for me yeah there's a better team around them but you've got you've got to be an eight or nine 
like for me, Sam Moore's is eight or nine out of ten every week, but you just don't get the recognition in his role. Maybe Leif Davis as well in that left back role isn't going to get it. But I know individual awards are a bit of a folly, aren't they? Really, and even yeah. when you look at Cameron Humphreys, yeah, he's done brilliantly to be nominated. But he's played what ten league games a season, and he's nominated. Well, surely, I know like someone like not not high in the league, but like Ronnie Edwards at Peterborough, who's played every game for them, centre-half, been had a good season, still getting in the England squad. You'd think he'd be... You'd think yeah. he'd be there, wouldn't you? But Yeah, and you'd, you'd, you would think that he would he would probably be finishing third behind Raksaki and Bali Mumba out of the uh, out of the three of them. Bless you! Preemptive uh, blessing then, I hope you noticed. Um, so just a few more guesses we've had here. Michael's gone for Tom Cruise on the ladder. No, it was not. Don't be facetious Michael there's no need for that Ryan Reynolds FPL you need to go and check IMDB I'm bloody sure Ryan Reynolds isn't six foot four tall and I certainly know from Escape to Victory that uh, Sylvester Stallone isn't six foot four Nige he's he's a diminutive Laurie Civil um, like character Steven Seagal says Tangfastic no it wasn't Uh, yes Charlie Google it my friend and uh, you may find it um what Chris has got here, I'm just going to pop up to see Chris's comment here. <clears throat> and to be fair, Chris, you're the one in the know. You should be you should be telling us whether this is um, going to be enough. Um, four wins and a draw for 95 points. Will it be enough? Well, um, yeah. If people could, you know, have their own um, say in in the chat, we'll get it up. Um, but the uh, five is it 538, isn't it? Is the um, what the EADT uh, described as? The supercomputer boffins was their uh, descriptor. I don't know what the what a boffin looks like nowadays. Like an old um, T-fowl, um, large four-headed guy in a white uh, white overcoat. Um, but they've suggested that. And if I got some uh, 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 screenshot here, bear with me, everybody. Um, they've suggested that we are now favourites um, to get promoted. Uh, and indeed, favourites to win the league. Um, we are. It's a thirty-nine percent probability for us to actually win the league, uh, and there's a thirty percent probability for us finishing second. So, my rudimentary maths would tell me that there's a. They reckon there's a sixty-nine percent chance of us finishing in the top two. Um, now, not all of us uh, amongst the um, pod fraternity are as openly positive shall we say and don't wish to jinx stuff but i don't i don't mind jinxing things rich rich may suggest otherwise um but what do you reckon you know, what what is it's the question that everyone's asking i suppose is what what we're going to need to secure one one or two yeah I, th- I think that 95 will definitely be enough i don't think like i say it's, it's shown at 94 at the moment and one of the interesting things on that 538 graphic was the spi which is basically the strength of the team they see at the moment and we are the strongest team in in the league at the moment and the best team in the league plymouth are struggling but they still think they're going to get to 94 points by sort of by having an easier run in but this week is the important one if if you see We've got home games against Charlton and Port Vale, two games we just absolutely have to win, six points there. And you look at Plymouth and they get, they travel to Exeter on Saturday, big local derby, and then they've got Shrewsbury at home on the Tuesday. Well, by this point next week, I think we'll be top of the league by this point next week. And if we are, then that league table pressure you can just exert on teams. Like you look at Plymouth, they've got a fantastic home record, won 17 out of 19, and then lose 2-0 home to Lincoln on Monday and 
they were lucky to get away with two now. That was a shellacking from Lincoln against them. They battered them really. As soon as they scored, Plymouth did not get back in the game, and Schumacher had chucked a lot of mud at the wall trying to get that to turn around and made substitutions, but just didn't get anywhere with it. And it's just, uh, it's just so important these next two home games, isn't it? And I think that I think that the running, whilst we've got the two tough away games coming. Sort of to follow after that with Peter and Barnsley, we can do so much damage to the other mm. teams by winning these two home games. And well, like I say, we're going to be heavy, heavy favourites to win them. And I think if we win both of them, we'll get up. I think, as you say, <clears throat> Plymouth always got a relatively um, tricky away game, which Exeter will be trying to derail their um, promotion hopes. But Shrewsbury have absolutely fallen off a cliff, haven't they? I think they've con- their aggregate in the last four games is conceded. 13 and scored one so you've got to really hope that they can turn that around for that uh, the second of those two away games Wednesday I've got Burton um, and obviously Burton beat Barnsley over Easter so there's a there's a chance there and Bristol Rovers are up and down and as we know they can um, they can they stifle teams they always seem to be able to set up a decent game plan I find Bristol Rovers like Joey Barton especially against the bigger teams he seems to almost seem to get his juices flowing so he wants to set yeah. something up to prove that he should be at one of those bigger teams in the league and I don't know I'd, you, like I say you look at the next two games and we've got a real chance to be sort of top and a couple of points top by the come sort of this time next week yeah absolutely uh, just have a quick look and see what other people have thought um, there's a few actor um, guesses coming I haven't seen the, uh, the correct uh, answer yet Alex thinks we'll get 91 and it might be enough for second i'm not that seems a bit skinny to me alex 91 um it's only three wins isn't that a six yeah the games that others have got phil reckons that 93 should be enough david's gone for 95 um good evening to you jules hope you're okay um philip said here win all three home games puts us on 91 with two or three points from three away games um, you know, you'd, you'd think that's uh, that's going to be the case. Um, yeah, let me just have a quick look up here in terms of the uh, actor. I'm going to give you guys a clue in a second. Chevy Chase, no. Tom Hanks, no. Jason Segal, no. Samuel L. Jackson, no. Will Ferrell, no. Ben Affleck, no. This guy was in one of the top... He's very regularly in the top five films ever made. There you go. It's like, you know, 90-odd percent on Rotten Tomatoes and over nine and a half out of ten on IMDb. So there's another little clue for you. Um, In terms of rumours, well, there were some rumours come out as well, weren't there, Joe? Alan Nixon reckons that we're going to sign Adam Armstrong when we get promoted to the championship. Yeah, strange, wasn't it? When you think that two weeks ago he linked us with... Colby Bishop, and then after that, we'd have linked with Adam Armstrong. So we've gone for a player that Portsmouth signed for five hundred thousand to play in League One this summer, to a player that Southampton signed for fifteen million to play in the Premier League <laughs> two years ago. I, I don't know. I remember this time last year when they were talking about our rec- it was talking about our recruitment, and there was talk that Ipswich could go out and break their transfer record. And I think it was I think I think it was Gareth Ainsworth, wasn't it? He was in the Sky Studio for one game. And he said, "Oh, when you hear some of the stuff about Ipswich." what their recruitment's going to be like this summer, you um, you do, 
we're never going to be able to keep up with them. And whilst the recruitment was obviously excellent, fee-wise, you're talking in the summer a million pounds for Leif Davis, really, weren't you, as the, as the big fee? Nothing like the sort of four, five, ten odd million pounds that you need to sign an Adam Armstrong. And I, I just don't see how we'd be able to get fees like that to work within the sort of financial fair play regulations because we're already losing the sort of money it takes to that you can lose a year, the sort of 13 million a year. But um, so I, I don't see how we're going to be able to go out and spend monster fees unless you get the deals done this side of June, if we get promoted or sorry, this side of the end of June, if we get promoted. But I personally, for me, I, I just don't, I just don't see we're going to be spending that sort of money on players, especially players that have had a big move failed and are dropping back down because ultimately you're looking to sort of buy players to trade upwards, aren't you? Not to, yeah. Because how much is that going to cost? Curve. Seven, yeah. eight, nine, ten million pounds. And how much are you going to be able to sell him for if he scores twenty goals in the championship? Well, we've already seen him score twenty goals in the championship. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that was a question I was going to ask. Actually, is if it were to happen, when would you have to sign them by? And you've, you've already asked in terms of it. You're trying to get it into June thirtieth, isn't it? This season's yeah, this season's financial restrictions rather than next season. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine. We'll be if we go out. We'll be looking at George Hurst. You'd, you'd imagine he's a player that we we've tried to get into the building for a long time. And if we get him in, we we want to be keeping him in, especially with the way he's been playing as well. I can't see that there's going to be a huge amount of monster signings if we get promoted. I'd imagine it's sort of two or three through the spine of the team. Yeah, that's a that's a question for everyone. Actually, you know what what areas of the team? Sh- you know, Rich is going to tell me off here. Should should we get promoted? Um, when we get promoted what areas what areas of the team um, are people more um, looking at to uh, to improve and to strengthen because as Joe says you know the the bulk of the team's there but I think you probably do need a little sprinkling of stardust or you know just that next level up in in certain positions Um, just going forward to the weekend Charlie's asking if we'll see more of Edwards if uh, broadband isn't back at the weekend obviously um he came on at the weekend uh, uh sorry came on Monday <clears throat> excuse me at half time and did all right in, in fits and starts um certainly um was a bit more direct and did a bit more than than Marcus Harness did while he was on the pitch but I don't know whether he's completely entrusted to to start games at the moment Joe what do you reckon it doesn't seem like it does. I still think it seems that Harness is ahead of him in that in the pecking order for that role. But it's just he's just not quite with it, Harness, is he? But he's always been a quite a not flaky player, but he's one that hot and cold, hot and cold, but bounces around and he always seems to land on the ball in good positions. And sometimes his finishing's excellent, and sometimes it's not. So it's it's one of those ones where if he's if his finishing is poor his final ball is poor he looks like he's had a bad game so he's he's one of those players that he can press really well he can win the ball but his movement is obviously very good and positioning because he gets he gets the ball in really good situations he he always lands on the ball in good situations I think you've just got to let him try and play himself it back into form if, if he can because mm-hmm. whilst Kyle Edwards has been very good I don't think he gives you what Harness gives you with regards to the team structure yeah yeah um, and as Kirk's got a question here about um, Broadhead, um, Phil replied to saying that he thinks he's still being assessed. FXT Blues, good evening to you. No Broadhead, no promotion. He he believes so. Yeah, it, it has shown that, and and Ben's spoken about it himself, hasn't he? In terms of um, 
Broadhead's introduction in January, and you know, once he's he's got fully up to speed, how um, how important he's been to to the team. I think there was someone on Twitter earlier was put up the the starting eleven, which is yet to um, yet to draw or indeed lose a match. Um, the the starting eleven that we've had, and then, and obviously Broadhead's included in that. Um, in terms of the guesses, someone has got it right. I, I'm sad to report. Um, so I will just play this short advert and then on our return, I will let you know who it was. Innovation Labs is business hub and co-working space with strategic locations across Suffolk. Our aim is to foster innovation, entrepreneurship, business growth and the development of an AI centre of excellence in Suffolk. Monthly hot desks are available from just £79. For more info, head to innovationlabsgroup.com or contact info at innovationlabsgroup.com. Innovation Labs, providing support for businesses across Suffolk. Locations in Stowmarket, Ipswich, Sudbury, Woodbridge, with more to follow. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Whether you need a VPN to protect your world online, to allow you to change your worldwide location virtually, or maybe a bit of both, NordVPN gives you the freedom to do so. NordVPN also allows you to stream TV shows, films and even sporting events which aren't available in your local region, changing to a country which is showing that content, meaning you can switch as seamlessly as a Kira McKenna in-game tactical tweak with just one click. But that's not all. NordVPN can also look after you while online, preventing your card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, safeguarding your personal and sensitive information from harm. Think of it as a Cyber Sam Morsey, offering protection to your own personal back four, but with far fewer yellow cards. NordVPN is available for the price of a cup of Bovril per month, and one account can be used across six different devices. Visit nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday, or click the link in the podcast description for more information about the offer, and a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee trial period. You'll also be helping out the pod by subscribing. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Was that slick enough for you? That was like prime Ken Bruce. Now he's on commercial radio, wasn't it? Heading... Heading through to ads. Not that I get the ads because I've got Greatest Hits uh, Premium. Right. Um, yes, someone's got it. Let me find out who it was. Ah, two people have got it. Apologies. I know Phil had it and also Howard, Howard. looks like he's got it. It was Tim Robbins. Yes, indeed. Uh, Hours free. Indeed. And um, obviously Shawshank Redemption, but. He was in some decent um, other films. Jacob's Ladder was a good film, I remember. Um, Arlington Road's a, a good one as well, and he's the, the next-door neighbour who's planting bombs and stuff like that. Oh, spoiler alert. Um, there's no prizes. Brilliant TWTD cover of the Sheep Shank Redemption. 
Yes. I which that. was the first issue when we got promoted to the Premier League. And I had yeah. mine signed by Kevin Keegan on the day of the Manchester United, Ipswich versus Manchester United first home game in the Premier League because he was down to watch that game in his role as England manager. So in an, in an Ipswich-Manchester United game, you had Kevin Keegan sign your David Sheepshanks-inspired fanzine. Absolutely. I was only 15 at the time, so it's made more sense back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of prizes, I'm afraid, guys, there aren't any. I've got here look, some crunch cookie m and I've, I've been to America, can you tell? Some crunch cookie M&Ms and also a cookie dough Twix. That's my uh, my little treat for the week. Um, here, uh, we were talking about um, signing players and bits and pieces like that. If we were to get promoted, Lee's asking, would you really pay £15 million for a striker who scored four goals in 61 appearances? Um, I just don't, I, it's interesting actually just where these stories come from. There must be a, a kernel of truth or something somewhere where that someone's mentioned in passing. Um, just it's strange where these uh, stories rise up from, really, isn't it? Uh, 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 uh. Michael, yeah, we were talking about um, positions um, where we think need strengthening. Michael's gone for a, a centre half, presumably a left-footed centre half. Um, Michael, um, I'd, I'd imagine so, just because we, we signed Harry Clark as the sort of the right-sided. Guy, haven't we? We spent a lot of money on him, and then I think if you look at the sort of athletic profile of Luke Wolfenden and Cameron Burge, I think Luke Wolfenden is the one who you'd expect to be more able to step up into the championship. And Cameron Burge just may not, with with regards to the um, sort of speed on the turn and the, sort of the, just the pure explosiveness of championship strikers. But he's he's doing well, and I, I think he I think he. He wouldn't let you down if you get there, but I think that's an area where you want to have a little bit more from from in in the team. You think you'd think that um, he'd probably move more into the Danassian, just step back and be the cover sort of role, wouldn't you? And certainly when you look at the other three guys who are currently in the in the back four in Clark, Wolfenden, and and Davis, they're all of a certain um, age and athleticism, um, and you'd, you'd think that they'd you know, ideally be trying to. Um, get something along similar lines. So, yeah, Phillips um, along the same lines. Alex is, has got the same. Neil's gone for a striker and a centre-back. And in terms of that, Nige has asked, how much for Hurst to sign, do we think? I suppose that may depend on which division Leicester end up in. Yeah, and also his contract may depend on that because if he's if Leicester get relegated, he may have a clause in his contract which brings his wage down to a more manageable level for us. I, I, it doesn't feel. I, I don't feel like Leicester are going to want to have a look at them. I think if we can offer a sort of two to three million, that sort of fee, if we go up, I'd imagine that'll be enough to that'll be enough to get them out of there. Because I think Leicester are in a bit of trouble financially as well. When you look at since their previous owner died, and obviously King Power is a um, it's like duty free at airports, isn't it? And obviously their business has been massively impacted by COVID and and the fact that it's still not the sort of airline industry is not back to what it was and probably never will be. So it's, it's, it's really hurt them on that side. So it wouldn't surprise me if Leicester just feel the need to cash in. If we, and we, we are able to nab him away from that. I'm sure we will be trying to do so. Yeah. And then there's obviously the confirmed interest in Jack Taylor. We made in the January window sort of 
Darren McAnthony seems to mention it every week in the pod that they turned down four bids for, from it and that sort of got up over two million, but he's worth three to four million. Well, he's going to have less time in his contract. And but Peterborough could be in the championship as well then. And if they are, then that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough deal to do. But if if Peterborough don't get promoted, I think he, he's definitely one that we'll be looking to spend a significant chunk of change on. And they might need they might need some money to pay the players' wages as well. I suppose. Um, Mullet's Mullet Crook. Mullet's gone for a huge shopping list. He wants a new goalkeeper, a new centre back, a new number ten, and a new striker. Well, we're going to need to get that done, as Joe says, before the end of June. Otherwise, I don't I'm not entirely sure how we're going to afford them all. I'd, I'd imagine once you get into the championship, though, you, we probably would start looking in the loan market because when you look at Burnley, they've got a couple in from Man City, haven't they? Harwood Bellis and another one. Sheffield United have got McAtee and Doyle in from Man City. Middlesbrough have got loan players in from. Is it Arsenal? They've got one for us. But when you're when you're in that sort of top end championship teams, it does seem that the very very elite loan players are the ones that you need to use to get over the line. As much as we'd all prefer to do it with our own players, I I don't think it's possible when you look at the very top end of the championship and you see the quality of the players that they're getting in from the Man Cities, the Chelseas, the Tottenham's, the Arsenals, mm. the Liverpools, and and they and they are the ones that are making a difference to those teams as well, aren't they? Yeah. Um, now that we've answered my um, triv question of, of the day, um, there was in the Telegram group we were we were discussing after um, the Cheltenham uh, match and after the goal, Connor Chaplin's goal and um, Harry Clark's throw in. Seb Seb called it hooned, which is a word I've never heard before. He described on the post match pod was he was hooned into the box. Now. Ben on the Telegram, he gave us a challenge, Joe, didn't he, of, of dropping in um, various uh, describing words of uh, how to throw. So hoofed, larruped, host was one of them, wasn't it? Huzzed. Huzzed. Yeah, yeah. Um, how, I don't think we had a howitzer in there, did we? No, no. You got, you got. We, we, if anybody can think of any more, wanged was one. Be careful. Um, in terms of how you can describe something that's slung, slung into the box as well, it's, we're sort of entering into football cliche territory here and, and dissecting what is um, what can be described. As you a normally kick describe it as something throw. like you describe it as an Exocet missile, wouldn't you? As opposed to Exocet missiled it into the box. Yeah, but I think you turn that into a verb. Well, Mullet's the educated one amongst us. He's an intellectual. He might be able to let us know. Um, so yeah, so consider that um, challenge accepted and completed, Ben. You owe uh, Ben. Uh, you owe Joe, Joe and I a beer. Um, Michael's saying that he really wants Harness to start playing well. He needs a goal or two, and that's and that's what he was um, providing, wasn't it? But you know, before Christmas, before Broadhead started, he was one of the um, the, the the more likely options to to pop up and and get you that goal, wasn't he? He was, and he hasn't scored for now what twenty-two games, is it now? I think the last, the last goal he scored was against Exeter on the TV, which felt feels a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Was that even yeah. before the clocks went back? So they sort of yeah. gone back and gone back forward again, again. again, forward again. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but it, yeah, it, I, I think he's one that you just you just need to give him that that chance to because I think he just offers you more than Edwards in the game, and Edwards is a better sub coming off the bench as well, but. Fingers crossed. Nathan Broadhead is fit for the game. That's that's what that's who we all want to see, isn't it? That's that's why we've paid one and a half million for a player who's twenty five in January to get us out of this league this season, not to not to miss too many games with injury because that is probably 
one of the reasons why he's played so few games in his career and, and why he was available to a League One side because he's got a very chequered injury history. Yeah, yeah. Um, Charlie D saying if we go up to sign Hurst, sign Luongo and a, and a championship centre-half. It'd be interesting about Luongo. I suppose he's a, he'll be another year older and then you'll, be, you'll have two centre midfielders who are what, around about 30, 30 years old, I suppose, don't you? It's just getting that. Um, as you're saying about Taylor from Peterborough, it's just getting that um, equivalent. What we're talking about, the back four being, you know, of a certain stature and a certain athleticism, it's getting that all throughout the team, I suppose. You may lose that if you have Luongo and Morsey in there in the championship. Um, a two-footed centre-half, Michael wants. Crikey, moon on a stick territory here, Michael. Um, or maybe Don Ball will drop into the back four. Yeah, potentially. He's, he's played a lot of football in the... Championship, the vast, vast majority of his um, football in the championship, hasn't he? Um, Philip reckons that Hurst will be £5 million plus. Um, well, as I say, it would, the thing is, as we've spoken about before on, on the pod, is how many clubs in the championship can afford to pay a fee you know, of, of £3 million plus if Leicester do need to sell? Not many. And the ones that do may not, you know, maybe setting their sights higher than... Yeah, because um, you're, you're talking about the sort of parachute clubs who are going to be the clubs right at the very top of the league and they're going to need an instant player to come in and score goals them straight away where I think Hurst is maybe still probably seen as a project at that level. Yeah. Lee's saying that you've already mentioned him um, in one way, one respect or another, um, cash in. Um, it. I have, can't say I've seen much of him, but he looked like he was running in treacle. Um, I think he'd be someone that would probably go to that that level. He's been very impressive this season, although he'd struggled to deal with Wes Burns running at him on <laughs> sort of a couple of Saturdays ago, didn't he? But I think I think he's one that will, if he leaves Derby, will be going the big move ahead of us, maybe to sort of like a Brighton alone back down from the ch- into the Championship. But I don't think he's a player that we'd be able to get because I think the fee's going to be out of our range. Interesting. Adam, I'm sorry, mate. You're not allowed to um, come up with the guesses after the um, answer's been given. I'm afraid that's one of the rules, stipulated rule. But yes, you are correct. It was it was Tim Robbins. Um, Chris has asked a question here, um, and I'm going to substitute the word Saturday for Monday. Do you think that Monday was a, was a just a one-off performance blip? B, a weather-affected lottery, or C, a worrying... Ret- oh, Chris, a worrying... Ret- has, has Rich been um, writing your uh, messages? A worrying return to those shaky away performances at small grounds. Have we got many of those more to come? Small ground away games? I suppose last game of the season. Mm. Um, um, I, what, go on. I, I think we did enough to win the game, but Cheltenham, you look at their home record, it's pretty decent as well, isn't it? As well, it's, it's not an easy ground to play at. It's... A big slope on the pitch, windy day, pretty poor pitch, very narrow pitch isn't it, as well, which for a side that wants to play football isn't doesn't suit us because we very much rely on getting the ball wide, getting the ball into those spaces out there, switching the ball quickly. And I think it's just one of those ones, it, when, you, when you looked at the fixture list, it, it did look like a sort of quite a trap game in there to me, didn't it? Yeah, and, and there, um, I was listening... Um, on the using the Cheltenham commentary actually, um, and they were very very complimentary of of Ipswich, and certainly very complimentary of our centre midfield, and even more complimentary of um, Sam Morsey. And they were they were very um, fair, even balanced. They're one of the one of the better um, commentary away commentary uh, teams that I've 
um, listen to, but they they did say that they've tended to raise their games against the teams that are higher up in the division and and really struggled against teams who are you know, in and around them um, in the league. So, um, and as has been shown by some of their results, isn't it? Is that um, you know they've done well against teams that are um, up there in the at the top of the league. Question from Michael. Do you think any of our wide players are of championship standard? I suppose it depends what you what you determine as being our wide players. I suppose Wes Burns um, is a it's a little bit hot and cold, up and down, isn't he? Um, sometimes he looks like a bona fide League One um, player, and then other times when he gets to open his legs and run at people, he does look uh, a little level. He's an international footballer after all. But also, I, I looked at I was just looking at some stats today, and Wes Burns. Just in the league for us since he signed, so I think there's more because he scored at least once in the cup across sort of seventy games as a a lot of time spent at wing back as a wide wide player, nineteen goals and seventeen assists, which is a hell of a record for a for a player in the, in that role. Like this season, he's got what ten assists and seven goals. He's sort of pretty close to the sort of famed double-double of 10 mm. goals, 10 assists, which not many players get. I think only Aaron Collins has got that in the championship so far. I think he's... I think maybe just because he didn't hit the heights of form earlier in the season, he's maybe been a little bit underrated for the role he's actually played this season, especially since, well, sort of the end of the January transfer window when you see he then had to learn to play with Harry Clark behind him. And since, well, the last few games, he's been on absolute fire, hasn't he? And yeah. even in the early part of the season, he was the one popping up the big goals, scored against Portsmouth, the winner there, the winner against Derby, scored against Plymouth at home. He seems to pop up with the big goals at the big moments and well, like five assists in five games up till now. And I, I think he's just, I think he's one that will maybe grow a bit more as a player than we expect to. He seems to sort of just relish every challenge he's got at the moment, doesn't he? Yeah, and also the the beginning of the season, we were obviously set up a little bit differently because all of a sudden we had someone who was equally as um, efficient on the on the left hand side who could take some of the burden that was you know purely on Burns's shoulders uh, last season. Burns has now got one assist less than Leif Davis, who's been heralded as this yeah. blue player. And a lot of Davis's assists are from corners. I'm not I'm not saying they don't count or anything like that. But if Wes Burns was taking every set piece, you'd expect him to have picked up three or four more assists, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just some uh, examples of what people reckon we can use. Hold? Is that a thing? You're proper Suffolk, Joe. Have you word, heard the word hold? I haven't heard it. Making crap up now, Mullet, I'm afraid. Now, Nigel's gone for Wellied. I'm, I'm going to argue that Wellied and also Charlie D's Leathered are foot-initiated yeah. um, entrance, entrances into the box rather than hand or an impact i think you could lever a header maybe just about you think maybe i think it just needs something like to hit into something to give the force where a throw is different because you have the momentum and you yeah fpl's gone for i think we're just making up words that luzzed charlie d and jules have both gone for fizzed i think that works just i think it just works yeah Michael's gone for flunged. See, launched again is maybe a foot initiated. Uh, you launch? No, you could launch a throw in, do you? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. If you can launch a rocket, you can launch a throw in. Um, in terms, of, see, this is what people could turn up to uh, listen to. This sort of crap. Um, McSaucepan. Um, Harness looked sharp the last game he came on sub. Couldn't get into the game at Cheltenham though. I, th- I think, that, and I think to be fair, that's been. Um, 
a sort of a, a struggle for a lot of our subs really is is getting up to speed immediately um, into games and, and having an immediate impact um, in matches. Um, you know, Ladapo obviously uh, struggled a little bit at times, didn't he? Um, but I think he's starting to get used to that role now because he's he's needing to play it a little bit more. I think it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because especially in recent weeks, the game's almost been over by the time they've come on. So they're attacking players that are coming on. And so someone like Harness or Kyle Edwards is carrying the ball down the left-hand side, but they haven't got Leif Davis busting the gut to get past them on the left because we're... Two nil up or three nil up, and you don't, and so the players aren't making the runs that they would be doing if we were, if the game is still tight. So it's very hard to judge, and I think the biggest part of their role is taking minutes out of the legs of the starters, isn't it? Yeah, that's and right. And keeping the team shape going, and yeah, and once these guys come on, you know, there's invariably another substitution being made five minutes later, even if it's by the opposition, and the game's just stop, start, stop, start for the last twenty minutes or so of the match. Certainly, if if you know, hopefully we've got the uh, got the lead at some point. Um, just a quick one um, for me, sort of referring back to Chris's point about uh, Monday's matches, how Walton's um, mistake is going to potentially affect him. Because I think, you know, and I'm, I'm always one for, for backing up goalkeepers for various reasons, but obviously it was a mistake on Walton's behalf. Um, it does, doesn't detract from the fact that we missed two or three pretty good opportunities, which get, get lost in the in the noise of a, a goalkeeping error um but pretty soon afterwards he came herring out his box didn't he and um he obviously lost his head a little bit i just hope that it hasn't doesn't affect him um long term and that he regresses back to can you regress to a, a high, his normal high standard or do you regress back to something anyway um hopefully he gets back to how he has been for the last you know three two or three months rather than the the previous two or three months before that um, Charlie D is asking who leaves in the summer. Um, well, there are there are there are plenty at the moment who aren't in getting anywhere near the squad, aren't there, Joe? People like Kane, Vincent, Youngs. Well, I guess the obvious ones are Sonny Aluko, Richard Keogh, and Kane, Vincent, Young are the three who are out of contract and clanky. Yeah, and, but but those three are out of contract and not getting anywhere near the team, are they? So you'd imagine those three aren't going to be here. Well, certainly not going to be here in a playing capacity next season. Might be different for Rich Keogh in the sense that he might be around here in the coaching team or something along those lines. But I don't know. I, th- I think I think it will depend on what division we're in because even though, for example, someone like Janoy Dinesh has signed a new contract, if we go up to the championship, is he someone that maybe you look to pick up a small fee for or... We've obviously got set the centre of midfield is the um, it's an area that looks very overstacked with Sam Morsey, Masimo Luongo if he's going to sign a new contract, Lee Evans, Dominic Ball, Rakeem Harper, um, Cameron Humphreys, Panucci Kamara, Idris El Mazzuni. There's a lot. There's a lot of bodies there, isn't there? And we are we are going to need to sort something with that. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, the data dashboard or whatever it's called will be uh, in full flow. Um, Howard's wondering whether we need a more experienced centre back than Cash in to play with Wolf. Um, yeah, very very possibly. Um, I say it's, it's, it will just be very interesting to to see you know as and when we do, if and when we do get promoted, um, is how quickly we um, get our get our signings through the door. Obviously, that's one of the benefits, isn't it, Joe, of of going up automatically? Is you haven't got to wait another two or three weeks till the end of the end of May to I either see if you are or aren't going up. Yeah, and, and that is that is going to be so key, especially if there is major investment potentially available that we ha- that we give ourselves 
seven weeks to do that recruitment rather than four weeks to do it. Yeah, yeah. There's one interesting one here from Mullet about the low knees out at the moment. Um, is Baggett the only one that we will keep? I suppose they'll they'll look to keep him and then loan him out again to a, and hopefully get some minutes in League One. Yeah, and I I think it's probably still a bit too early to write off Corey and Darba and Idris El Mazzouni because both of them seem to well Idris El Mazzouni's had a fantastic loan spell at Leighton Orient. He's still what twenty one is he? I think he's twenty one is and. Maybe. I don't. I don't see why you wouldn't. He's got another year on his contract. Why you wouldn't just try and put him into a League One if he's if he's not going to be deemed good enough to come to the Ipswich Championship side? Why you're not going to put him into try and get him a loan to a League One side, especially if Leighton Orient go up? That's a really easy opportunity to send him to that club because they would definitely have him there because he's been superb for them. And when you, like I, say, I think it's one of our sort of one of the Telegram posts Jack has posted there before about when you look at the current squad where they were at these sort of ages, 2021, 20, like Sam Morsey was still in League Two with Port Vale at that age. Lee Evans, I think, had gone up to Sheffield United and Championship and sort of failed and dropped back down at that point. Um, sort of Dominic Ball hadn't really played a huge amount of football at that age. Connor Chaplin was in and out of the Portsmouth side at that age. And it's like, I think we have to remember that just because we've got the finished articles there, if we can do what Brighton do, which has sort of worked out very successful for them and their sort of loan, sort of buy to loan model where they'll see her, they'll see a player who's doing well for a League Two side, buy him, leave him in League Two for a season, leave him in League One for a season, in the Championship for a season. And then if they, so you sort of, own their rights to give them the development path to set up so that you can sort of take advantage of it when they get to that stage as opposed to like I say for example if Idris El Mazzouni goes into League One next season has had a good year as he's had in League Two next year he's a player that we'd be looking at if we're a championship side and his fee would be three to four million pounds well yeah no you need you need to you need to retain the rights to these players I think Corian Darber's um, got a bit of a future as well. Again, he's another player that you want to maybe try and get a good League One move sorted for him. He had a bit of a stop-start season with injury at Burton, but he seems to be playing regularly at Fleetwood in the second half of the season. If you can get him a decent League One loan again next year, again, another young defender. He's, like, he's still younger than Leif Davis was. And Leif Davis has played about four career games up until this season. So it, it's just a case of really trying to make sure that the, the young players get good good loan moves, good experiences so that they could potentially come in, come into our squad when they are ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things, as you mentioned, Leif Davis there and his lack of um, gains before he joined us, that he is, I've said it before, he's the poster boy of the, the data dashboard, isn't he, in terms of them looking at the stats and his, his potential from the, purely from the, an, an analytic perspective rather than a, um, a uh, what's the word for, actual, um, hard evidence on a pitch perspective, if, if you see what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one though because you've sort of you've signed two fullbacks effectively from Premier League clubs, um, one for each side of the pitch, both for sort of over a million pound. But Harry Clark is a player that's gone off and played a hundred odd, maybe even more than that, maybe one hundred and fifty career games on loan so far. Leif Davis has played about eight on the other side, but yet they've both come in. They've both been identified by the same system, the same scouts, and they've both come in and made an immediate improvement to an area of the team, which maybe we didn't think would happen. Yeah. Or, you know, we, but maybe certainly from the right back perspective, you know, it wasn't entirely obvious that that's an area that we needed to, you know, glaringly obvious that we needed to improve. Um, 
question here from Chris. Um, is Leif Davis likely to be able to run a whole side of the pitch like he does in League One, or will we need a left winger? Um, well, I suppose you've got Broadhead nominally over that side of the pitch, um, and you think he'd be playing in the in the Championship. Um, I don't know how we don't know if we'd set up particularly differently in terms of a, a formation perspective in the Championship, would we, Joe? No, I think it's difficult, but we we play with such an asymmetrical style, don't we? That you, you're just gonna you're gonna need to allow Davis to do that, but you're gonna end up with a, maybe a, a sort of I know the talk of Cameron Burgess being excellent in the comments, and I do agree with that. But I think you're just probably gonna need somebody with slightly more athletic prowess on that side to be able to cover that, so they drop into more as a sort of orthodox left back, left centre back role as opposed to a centre back that drifts over. Really, so I, I, I do think that Lee Davis is gonna play a similar role to what he does. Do they have nine subs in the championship? Or is it still seven there as well? Oh. If they have nine there as well, it'll be quite handy because we. I think we're s- struggling because he's normally struggling with 10 to 15 minutes left, but we've had Danashian on the bench because he's because he sort of can cover both sides, as we mentioned earlier. But maybe if you could have a Greg Lee on the bench every game who can sort yeah. of relieve that last 15 minutes for him, it'd be more helpful and he maybe could sort of dominate that side of the pitch as he has been doing for us. I don't yeah. see a huge amount of difference between the sort of top sides in the League One and the bottom sides in the Championship, really. Like, when you when you think if we were to go up, sort of that bottom eight teams, I, I don't really see that there's a big... I don't think we'd have to do a huge amount to stay up, if that makes sense, oh, if, if we no. go up. It's going, to, it's, a lot, it's going to be a lot harder getting out of this division than it will be staying out of it. Getting yeah. out of it is the big challenge, and... And like you say, you look at it when we're talking, is 94 points going to be enough this season? Well, it should be. And if it's not, you're incredibly unlucky. And whoever out of Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth and us doesn't get the automatic position is going to have to lift themselves up off the floor because it is an in- incredibly harsh that one of the us three isn't going to be promoted. And even Barnsley are sort of tracking right up there. Yeah, absolutely. Um there's plenty of chat going on. Um, Mullet's still banging on about his hold. He's getting he's getting at least one person to uh, to back him up. Alex is, is that, reckons he's also used the word Mullet's hold. burner account. <laughs> um, no, I just I just um, giving Harness a bit of a bit of a break here, saying that it's a tough ask as a as a starter for Harness without the confidence um, of being a, a regular starter. Which yeah, it's fair enough. And also, it's a bit. It was a. A little bit of a, a sh- is it a shock to be brought off at half time. I suppose if he wasn't doing his job, then he's not doing his job. Um, Frank, hey Frank, um, saying that he was appalling, and one thing is consistently good at poor passing. Um, yeah, he wasn't. He was just off it, wasn't he? Basically, in the first half, he his his passing was off. Obviously, his shooting was off from his chance, and also it just seemed like he didn't have the understanding wasn't there with with the with the people around him for obvious reasons because he hasn't been um hasn't been playing with them for uh for a little while um joe says uh hopefully harness can score against charlton and redeem himself um as i say yeah it just remains to be seen that um if broadheads um fit or not obviously we're all hoping that uh, that he will be um chris here saying that people are a bit harsh regarding harness um it yeah, did, like, I, I, to be fair, I, did, I didn't watch the game. I listened on the radio to it. So I'm, I don't want to be, uh, I, I wasn't at the game, but but it it seemed as soon as the team was announced that Harness was in it, there was a, an incredible amount of criticism. And then through the first half, everything that went wrong seemed to be down on Harness where, yeah, he missed a chance, but 
you've got to be in those positions to get those chances. And he's made, he's made a really good run off the left-hand side to end up on that ball. And yeah, he's pulled the shot wide, but on another day that goes in and it's a brilliant goal. But I, yeah, I, I, I think Harness is just one of those players that is, that is just a bit up and down, but he, he's been, a, he's been a good signing for us, I think. And I think in the first half of the season, and up until that bad injury he got in the Papa John's trophy, wasn't it? I think he got a bad injury. I think up until, up until that point, he'd been, he'd been excellent for us and yeah. came up, well, he's still scored seven goals or so. It's, it's not like he's just totally failed. It's just, it's like I say, it's just, a, it's just a shame. Yeah. Um, so, Zorro Ark, I'm going to say Zorro Ark. Apologies if they're not how you uh, want me to pronounce it. Um, could you see Harness in the championship, though? Um, I suppose he's... We've got a championship squad, haven't we? I, f- I think anyone in our squad could cope in a championship because it's such a high-quality squad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, you know, Port- the Portsmouth fans did sort of say when he when he signed that he is very much an up-and-down kind of player, and that's, that's, that's been proven. Um just a quick one from me in terms of I, I must remember to do the uh, the plugs so um, I'll do these before I forget um, the pre-match show this week is um, the normal duo it's it's Rich and Seb it's coming out on Friday morning I believe so it's, it's not going to be live this week um, so yeah Friday morning for your pre-match if you guys just want to stick some quick predictions in uh, the chat for the Charlton game 4-4 maybe um, just pluck it out of the air um See, I think we're all sort of hoping that we get back on a back onto the winning run. But you now, Charlton are a funny old team. They're they're a bit up and down themselves, aren't they? They'll they'll pick a score. God knows, umpteen goals away at um, was it Shrewsbury they beat yeah. a couple of weeks ago, um, and that was obviously an away game. But um, yeah, so hopefully we can get back to winning ways. Um, so yeah, Rich and Seb is on pre-match on Friday morning, and then we're going old school flagship. Live Sunday night, 8 p.m. with Benjamin Bloom and David Diamond. The two are back in tandem. Yeah, indeed. So, yeah, so those two guys will be doing your Sunday night, um, 8 p.m. live show. Um, And obviously, Rich and – sorry, Gonjo. Well, I was just remembering as well that for anyone who was wondering how the – Big game in the women's league was going between Watford and Oxford tonight. Wow. Like the game against Oxford at Felixstowe last Sunday, this has been postponed as well for a waterlogged pitch. So that the drama drags on. Indeed. Um, right, we've just got a few predictions here and then we'll probably wrap it up for the evening. Um, but thank, thanks everyone for for joining. Um, as ever, appreciate you uh, coming on and listening to us to prattle on about Little and nothing. Um, Neil's gone for a 3-1 victory uh, at the weekend. Zorro Ark has gone for a 3-2. Crikey, we're going to start shipping goals in. I mean, that'll be fun. Um, Bond to get a brace. I noticed he's he scored a couple now, hasn't he? He scored the last one of five or six, wasn't it, the other day? And he got he got one at the, on Monday. Um, Nigel's gone for a solid 2-0, as has David. Um Michael, I don't know who you're referring to here, but a win for town. Oh, loads of offsides for Bon. Yeah, I don't know if we play a particularly high high line, but you know, I, and has he been has he been starting games, Bon, for Charlton Joe? I know he's been on the bench. I, I think quite he a lot, started. A, I think he'd started the first few when he was there, but then he just hadn't scored in the first ten or eleven games. So I assume he'd been dropped dropped to the bench because it looked like that, and then all of a sudden he's popped up for sort of like two goals in the last three games, which is. Good for him. I'm glad to see him scoring a couple of goals. Hopefully he won't get one on Saturday. 
Yeah, I think he very really really struggled to endear himself to the um, to the Charlton fans, didn't he? To start with, I don't think they were particularly um, impressed with his signing, and then certainly not with his first few um, appearances and performances for the team. Flim Flam's gone for four nil until additional time. So it'll be five nil in the end, maybe then Flim Flam. Yeah, um, Nick's gone for. There's a lot of goals people are predicting here. Nick's gone for four goals. Frank's gone for four goals. Matt's gone for a more conservative three, as has Kev. Um, Jules, there you go. 5-1 if Broadhead is back, and only only the 3-1 if he isn't. So, I'll um, take 1-0. Take <laughs> wouldn't get on the, uh, the bus from the, from the training ground to the, to the ground for your, for your breakfast for 1-0. For um, cool. Well, thank you very much uh, for your time, Joe. Oh, everyone, thumbs subscribe you know you know the drill something about algorithms um so yeah if, if you could all just give us a thumbs up wherever you're watching whether it be through uh facebook or through um youtube or wherever give us a thumbs up if you could subscribe uh, that'd be absolutely fantastic um thank you for your time joe um apologies you won't be able to get there at the weekend um but let's I'll hope- all the other games for the rest of the season it's a it's a lucky omen. Hopefully, that with you not being there. Um, thanks, everyone. Thanks for your time. Um, hopefully, see you at the weekend. I'll, I'm going to try and get in the Greyhound to uh, have a beer with Rich and the guys and Dave before the match on uh, Saturday. So, I know Rich and Seb will do the plugs for the Greyhound in their in their pre match show. But um, yeah, by all means, try and pop along and, and see a few of us in there. Um, so, failing that, up the town and here's to a, a good weekend. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.